0: What's up, y'all? You are listening to a brand new edition of the Royal Ramble, and I am your host as always, Blaine the Brain. Are you guys ready to rumble yet, or what? Well, I'm ready to ramble, and there's a lot to ramble about. First off, for those who missed it, I was a guest last weekend's episode of Sunday Night's Main Event, as I joined host Boris Aguilar to provide some fantasy predictions, and who knows? We may get a few more of those in this week's episode. We're just under a week away from the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, which has quickly become probably the WWE's most important event of the year, maybe even more so than WrestleMania, because this is usually the show that major angles take place and a lot of the Mania card begins to take shape. We should have a clearer idea of the top matches on the card after next Saturday. And with only four matches listed, I'm sure we can expect something big to go down. Before we get there, though, I have to first address the long-lost, red-headed stepchild of the wrestling industry. It's been a while, but Pro Wrestling's prodigal son has returned in the form of TNA, but it's not really the TNA that I remember, and that's a good thing. After the near three-month hiatus, TNA returned in full force last weekend with their first pay-per-view of the year, Hard to Kill, which means that the rebranding is officially complete. Well, is it really a rebranding, though? I mean, the promotion was originally called TNA, so this is more of just reverting back to the original name. Now, I'm not sure if they needed to take a full three months off, but what they presented last weekend and this past week on TV was definitely as good a start as they could have asked for. If nothing else, I urge you to go and find the match between Josh Alexander and Will Ospreay from TV this week. You can thank me later. Now then, hard to kill. Let's get right into it. There were a couple of noteworthy things that happened on the pre-show, one of which I'll get to later because it was highlighted on the main show. But we got a new digital media champion in Crazy Steve, and then saw the birth of a new faction under Moose. They call themselves The System, comprised of Eddie Edwards and his wife Alicia, Brian Myers, and former New York giant D'Angelo Williams. I don't think I've ever seen a more random group outside of a Die Hard movie, but I'm willing to let it play out and see where it goes. Moving on to the main card, the event started with the Knockouts Ultimate X match to determine a new contender for the Knockouts Championship. It was Danny Luna against Giselle Shaw against Tasha Steeles, who won, I believe, the only other Knockout Ultimate X, against Alicia Edwards, against Jody Threat, against the debuting Zaya Brookside, who you may remember from NXT UK a few years ago. She's actually the daughter of British wrestling legend Robbie Brookside. The match really brought out the fiercest competition in the knockouts division. Luna showed her dominance early by basically clearing the field in the ring. There was a spot where Threat was climbing up the metal truss on the outside while Edwards kind of just latched onto her back, and then Threat had to just shake her off. Tasha then hit a cutter from the top rope onto the pile at ringside. There was a Tower of Doom spot as commonly used in this type of match. Threat delivered a double Death Valley driver at one point to both Brookside and Edwards. Shaw later launched herself off Luna's back to Spear Threat, who was hanging from the cables by her hands. And in the end, it was Giselle Shaw who managed to fight off Luna and Steeles to secure the Foam X and the victory. Given the emergence of this new faction, I am honestly surprised that they didn't give Edwards the win here. Not that I'm a fan of hers, but it just kind of makes them seem a lot less threatening since they're losing matches right off the bat. But I guess they'll make up for that later. They air footage from the pre-show where Joe Hendry was attacked by DJ Who Kid and AJ Francis, the former top dollar in WWE. Francis then cuts a pre-tape promo from the hotel lobby, basically trying to establish his overall presence in the company. Dirty Dango vs. PCO was up next, and an odd match to be had on pay-per-view, but I guess PCO is still over. PCO was actually wheeled out on an operating table, and I don't recall if they've ever done this entrance before, but it suits his character. Before the match even really starts, Joey Bravo attacks PCO, and then he's basically assaulted three-on-one by the heel team. Rhino tries to make the save, and then Santino comes out and restarts the match as a six-man tag, bringing out Jake Something as the third partner for the babyfaces, and he just happened to be standing by the entranceway in his ring gear. Something enters the match in grand fashion with a diving double clothesline over the top rope. PCO hits the Deanimator on Dango and then powerbombs Dango on top of Bravo and finishes with the PCO Salt on Bravo for the win, and thankfully this train wreck is over. MK Ultra, which is comprised of Masha Slamovich and Killer Kelly, put their Knockouts tag belts on the lineup next against the team of Rosemary and Havoc, who have apparently gone back to their original Decay gimmick. When that happened, I'll never be able to tell you but they managed to vanquish the champs with a sit-out powerbomb by Havoc and assisted jumping neck neckbreaker by Rosemary to win the titles. More footage is shown from the countdown show where Steve Macklin just beat the hell out of Rich Swan. Thus far, it seems that the pre-show was more eventful than the main card. Gia interviews Macklin live, who welcomes us all to the era of mayhem. Scott Damore then comes out on stage and announces TNA's partnership with the NFL in their Huddle for Help campaign. The more also brings out the AAA president Dorian Pena to announce that the two promotions will officially be partners as well and both sign the agreement. I wonder if this will affect AEW's relationship with AAA though. I really don't know the full details of this contract. And with that, it was time for the X Division title match as Chris Sabin defended against the AAA champion El Hijo del Vikingo and Kushida in a three-way dance. I don't want to say this match underdelivered, but it wasn't quite as action-packed as I expected, but still pretty good. There was a really cool sequence at the beginning where each guy delivered a series of arm drags to their opponents, one after the other. Sabin had his challengers trapped in dual submissions at one point with a leg lock on Vikingo and Octopus on Kushida, but both escaped. There was a really nice Canadian Destroyer spot on the ramp by Sabin from the middle rope. Sabin then drilled Kushida with the cradle shot to retain the title. Josh Alexander met former MLW champion Alexander Hammerstone up next. I didn't realize until now exactly how huge Hammerstone was, and I'm honestly shocked that WWE never picked this guy up. The match was really technical and very fun, and I felt that it showcased both guys pretty equally. Hammerstone used a lot of power moves, including a world's strongest slam onto the ring apron. He tweaked his knee at one point off a leapfrog spot, which prevented him from delivering his nightmare pendulum move, and I thought they told a really good story here, and Hammerstone did a tremendous job of selling. This led to Alexander eventually hitting a snap German suplex, followed by the C4 spike for the win. This was ultimately the right call, as Alexander has been losing a lot lately and needed a big win to cement himself as a top contender. And also, if Hammerstone isn't sticking around, this loss doesn't really hurt him. The ABC put their tag titles on the line in a four-way match against the Rascals, the team of Laredo Kid and Speedball Mike Bailey, and Grizzled Young Vets fresh off their NXT run. The match was really good as well, and I never felt that any team was left out. They were all highlighted in this match, though I'm surprised that the new team didn't pull out the win here. Bailey was probably the star of the match. He executed a perfect Poison Rana to Drake from the top rope and then hit Ultimate Weapon, but the pin was broken by the Rascals. ABC took advantage with a double dropkick, and then Ace hit the fold on Trey to retain their belts. Before the knockout's title was defended, the woman formerly known as Dana Brooke was shown at ringside and will now go by the name Ash by Elegance, which looks very similar to Tony Storm's gimmick, though I must compliment TNA on their marketing efforts, because that video package they did for her on TV this week was excellent. Second from the top was Trinity defending her knockout's title against Jordan Grace. This was probably match of the night, and in my opinion, Trinity or Naomi's best match ever. Jordan really brings out the best in everyone. She delivered the juggernaut jackhammer on the floor at one point, and then a muscle buster back in the ring. Trinity came back with starstruck, and then the rear view, but Jordan kicked out. Trinity locked on starstruck again, but Jordan actually powered her way up and turned it into a German suplex. She followed up with a spinning backfist and another juggernaut driver to win the title. Much like Alexander, Jordan really needed this win, and I'm glad she got it. She could be this company's real Ripley if booked strong enough. Alex Shelley versus Moose for the TNA World Championship was the main event. Honestly, this match didn't really do much for me personally, but it was decent in the ring. Moose offered what appeared to be a very disingenuous handshake, but which Shelley slapped away. The baby face then spewed water in the face of the challenger to get the early advantage. Shelley applied the hoverboard lock at one point and then nailed the shell shock on the floor. As soon as he hit the sliced bread number two, D'Angelo Williams came out for the distraction, followed by Edwards and Myers. They ended up brawling with Sabin and Kushida in the entranceway, but the distraction led to Moose wriggling out of a shell-shocked attempt and nailing a spear to win the title. Before any celebrations could take place, Moose was joined in the middle of the ring by apparently the newest TNA acquisition, Nick Nemeth who planted him with a zigzag to end the show. I wonder if Nemeth will be sticking around long-term. Given the angle at Wrestle Kingdom with David Finley, I doubt it. I think he will likely do what AJ Styles did after leaving TNA and just work a little bit for each promotion, including AEW and New Japan. But I can see him returning to WWE by the end of the year, maybe even as a coach at the PC. So that was hard to kill, but as we inch towards the Royal Rumble next Saturday, it's become harder to predict. We've all heard by now that Seth Rollins had apparently suffered an injury in the title defense against Jinder Mahal and Raw last week, which may affect the world title scene and any mania plans drastically if he needs surgery. I've heard that this type of injury may only require him to be out for four to six weeks. I know it still sucks, but that is unfortunately what we're looking at and may actually be the best case scenario. Someone from another wrestling group suggested that maybe the title should be vacated and held up for grabs in the men's Rumble match. I actually kind of like that idea, as it provides several possible directions for Mania instead of the obvious. But sometimes the simplest choice is also the best, and that is CM Punk winning the Rumble. It is basically his first match back, and I think he needs the momentum on his side, so I think it's most likely to happen. And I would say he throws out Cody last, because Cody needs a bit of momentum as well. As far as his story, though, I don't think it's going to play out, not at this Mania anyway. I think we may get Cody versus either Randy Orton or Drew McIntyre. I'd much rather see a heel Cody Rhodes, to be honest, and I think if he faces Orton, that's what will happen. And not finishing his story will be the perfect motivation for the turn against the guy that he can say started his downward spiral in the first place. As far as the Women's Rumble goes, the winner there is probably going to be less obvious. Becky Lynch and Nia Jax are currently the two heavy favorites. You also have Bailey in the match, who can create some interesting storyline with the rest of Damage Control, and then Bianca Belair, who is on a mission to get her title back, as well as Jade Cargill, who will likely be in the Rumble as well, making her in-ring debut. I don't expect Jade to win, but I think she gets an early number and probably gets the dominant spot this year, eliminating the most competitors, where it takes a bunch of girls to throw her out, or at least one Nia Jax. I'm going to throw one into left field here and suggest that this is where we get the WWE return of Sasha Banks. I predicted this exact thing last year, and I think it would be a huge mistake for her to go to AEW given how most of their women's roster is booked, and poor booking was her main reason for leaving WWE in the first place. I think Sasha returns triumphantly and wins the Rumble, and then her and maybe Bianca run it back at WrestleMania 40. The two other title matches on the card seem a lot easier to predict. I've been very impressed with Logan Paul in recent years. Not only is this guy a tremendous athlete, but he's a better worker than 90% of the roster, with Kevin Owens as probably one of the few exceptions. Given the angle on SmackDown this week, I think they'll do something where KO punches Paul like he did a few weeks ago, but does it so hard that he re-injures his own hand, and then the distraction allows Paul to schoolboy him with a hook of the tights to keep the belt. And then the four-way is just an interesting way to book Roman Reigns. I don't think he's ever been against three other guys during his title run, but I can't see any other result than Roman keeping his title. I just hope it doesn't become too convoluted here. So those are my thoughts. I will be back next week to review the event. Until then, I leave you with an ABC. ya!